Well, you can talk about film. Gotta be quicker than this. You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal or measure them all by box office appeal, but for once in your life... Be real! Welcome one and all to a mini-episode of Be Real. It is your movie reviewing and reappraising podcast. My name is Chance Solem Pfeiffer. And I'm Noah Ballard. We're gathered here today for a brief, but how brief discussion of uh let's call it jurassic park 5 but universal would prefer we call it jurassic world colon fallen kingdom yeah the the park is gone that's right i had heard that from the poster um now no park is gone you and i have discussed the jurassic park movies at length on this podcast already in our eighth episode we tackled uh, all the jurassic park sequels um, oh God! <laughs> you remember that whistle that made the raptor noises? How far we've come! <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, we're way past 3D printing uh, raptor larynxes. So, <laughs> so yeah, and that was an episode, episode eight. So way in the rearview mirror for us. Um, yeah, where are we now? But objects in that mirror are closer than they appear. We are <laughs> 90 episodes away. Um, oh wow! From it. we're getting close to a big 100. We got to decide what to do. Maybe we'll do all the Jurassic Park movies again. <laughs> just, just tack it together. Say it's something new. Uh-huh. That's what Hollywood would want us to do. <laughs> Be pretty fitting. Uh, so yeah, we didn't agree on. I don't think any of those movies when we reviewed when we reviewed them, despite both of us loving the first one quite dearly. You know what would be funny? Could you cut in some like? Do you still have the audio file? Yeah. What if you like cut in like some of our appraisals of the Jurassic Park movies just as context? I could I could try. There's a That'd lot be of hilarious. There's a lot of me going, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Goldblum in this movie? No. This movie actually develops the dinosaurs' characters. You need to just physically have a kid there so the kid can be like, oh that's me. Oh wow. Let's <laughs> let's stay on schedule. <laughs> Something about the boat, like it breaks, or like the guys die, or like something, and then they have to like unhook. You never know. And he's just like, "Do you remember the sounds they made?" The raptors. <laughs> he immediately perves out. See, I disagree with you. I disagree with that. I disagree because the first two movies are not about monsters fighting other monsters. Oh my god! Uh, I, think that's I what thought that Jake was Johnson was incredible. That's the little kid you were seeing those movies, and there you are being like a nerd, and like people want to beat am that I... impulse out of you. This was more like Transformers than it was like the first two Jurassic Parks. Wow. I was uh, I was upset leaving the theater. I did not like this movie. You really hated it. See, I really like honestly want to see it again, and probably will this week. But I didn't take him so seriously, Chance. I think you're taking it too seriously. I don't think I am. So, yeah. You said The Lost World was good, good. I like that movie. And I said it was good, bad. And then you said bad, bad for Jurassic Park 3. And I said bad, good for Jurassic Park 3. And then I said good, good for Jurassic World. And you said bad, bad. Yeah. I listened back to that discussion and like, boy, are we just not on the same page. So we'll see how well we do with this one. Yeah, so let's get into it. It's the fifth Jurassic Park movie. Uh, as we said, the the park is gone. That's right. And we're back on the mainland. And 
the like hot button Twitter issue. We've solved all the human problems, yeah. and suddenly the uh, the problem at hand is what do we do with these dinosaurs? Like they deserve to live, or should we let the volcano that's about to explode on Isla Nublar? Uh, undo the unholy thing that was done some 20, 25 years ago. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm glad you pointed out it is uh, watching it in the movie. You're like, the Isla Nublar crisis. That's all these people have to worry about? <laughs> right. Yeah, after a news week like we've had this week, it's it's tough to imagine a lot of like nonprofit work being done on behalf of the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, Why couldn't they? So I got to stop you right here. Being a pretty avid uh, sort of Jurassic Park person, why didn't they just move them all to Site B on uh, Isla Sorna? Tough to say. Or what about the other three more? What about the other three, five deaths? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's active volcanoes in all of them. Who knows? Um, Oh, my God. But... (laughs) um, he, they will not go there, those dinosaurs. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we catch up with the iconic characters established in 2015's Jurassic World. There's Claire, played by Bryce Dallas Howard, who is like the chief uh, architect um, or like manager, I suppose. Not she was not Henry Wu, but she's like the manager of the uh, of the Jurassic World. Oh, lest park. you forget her with Henry Wu. We, we got to talk Henry Wu later. Um, but she's now come down fir- firmly, as you said, on the, in the nonprofit sector on the side of the dinos. Like we got the U.S. government should intervene to save these these creatures. And isn't that like a pretty big departure from her sort of like not very interested in humans, let alone dinosaurs persona of the first movie? Uh huh. I well, let's let's put that off for just a second. But yes. Um, okay. And. So then uh, Sir Benjamin Lockwood, who is apparently like John Hammond's lifelong business partner, or just played by James Cromwell. He's just tall Hammond, um, yeah. <laughs> looking a lot like Richard Attenborough at the start of Lost World. Is just Who's like, the oldest, whitest British person we have left? Uh, is it Cromwell? Let's get him in the Richard picture. Richard passed away. Well, Cromwell is second. Oh, John Hurt is dead. Well, uh, Gambon's not working anymore. Let's get Cromwell. Get him in a bed and get him to inspire Claire to go to this island and get these dinosaurs so they can start a sanctuary. Also, it would be super helpful, and please don't think this is suspicious, if you could use your handprint to, uh, you know, activate the trackers that are on the dinosaurs so we can more easily take them to their sanctuary. And again, please don't think this is suspicious. Yeah, and Claire's just like, that sounds great. That's everything I want. That's everything I want. (laughs) And so then she goes to wherever Chris Pratt, uh, his Owen Grady. Did you remember we that We talked name? about this. No. No, I didn't think but, so. But like the second it was like Owen, I was like, oh yeah, it's Owen. Right. But yeah, where is he living? He's somewhere like scenic and Looks rural. Like, yeah, Montana. Real like, yeah, maybe Montana. He's building himself a cabin one nail at a time. Right. Singing a country song to nobody. And Claire shows up because she needs him to sort of... Oh, because they need the raptor. They need Blue. Right. And he's the only one who can tame this raptor. So they need him. And yeah, and then there's this really ridiculous bar scene where it's established that like after the events of Jurassic World, 
they dated briefly and stormily and then they broke up maybe like six months previous. Yeah. And they're still like into each other. Maybe, maybe with a series of YouTube videos, it's pretty easy to convince Chris Pratt that him, if he doesn't have an emotional connection with Claire, he certainly does with this extinct reptile. Right. And he like, there's like, it's supposed to be like cute dog videos of the raptor and him playing. And it's like, oh, this thing loves him. But like, it's still the fucking raptors from the, all the previous Jurassic parks. So it's like a little bit hard to sort of buy into. It's been a pretty big turn throughout, a difficult turn throughout the franchise that like these, you know, nature's perfect killer is just like, oh, they're almost like humans. Well, they're almost like dogs. Well, they're almost like puppies. <laughs> it's like a tough turn to make. But like this one, it it knows that you have that af- like childhood affection for these dinosaurs and their majestic beauty is like Laura Dern drops to her knees with her, her jaw agape, you know, as uh, their chances doing it. He took off his glasses. But so they need to take that technology and like do something weirder and evil with it. So they make these genetically yeah. modified, like horrible things. And in the first one, it was meant to entertain question mark except for like whatever Vincent D'Onofrio was doing in that movie. <laughs> but yeah. in this one, it's it, it, the, the plot is far more sinister for a non-profit dinosaur group. So, uh, what are you dating like an accountant now? Or? Owen. Ventriloquist? Stop it. You love a dummy. This is not why we're here. You can blame me. Try to shame me. I know why we're here. A rescue op, save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Blue is alive. You raised her. (laughs) Do these animals deserve the same protections given to other species? Or should they just be left to die? Creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful, they're gonna be here after. I feel like I should give you the first word. So I have to give this movie sort of like a lot of credit and also sort of frame it in a context first. I think this movie, because this movie is the lost world of the original Jurassic Park of Jurassic World. And a lot of things are like Lost World. And a lot of things. This is a movie for people who, like, kind of like Lost Worlds. <laughs> you know, like, a lot of people don't. I mean, it's people consider it, I think, far inferior to the, of course, to the original Jurassic Park. But, like... I'm kind of a sucker for like a bad cash in sequel to like some Michael Crichton technology movie and like a Steven Spielberg <laughs> universe. Yeah. So the opening sequence to this movie with the submarine and like the big dinosaur and the helicopters in the rain and the, I can't hear you. What are you saying? And then there's like the, the prologue, the shooter, if you will is like pretty good or like the in the uh Jurassic uh in Jurassic Park 2 Lost World um it's the thing with the little girl and like the little guys and the hot dog and the consignatus right and then it's Ian Malcolm yawning on a New York <laughs> City subway 
forgot about that cut. That's a great one. But this one, I think, knows what it is very quickly. It's like, this is... I'm not going to remake Jurassic Park. At best, I'm going to do as well as The Lost World did for the original Jurassic Park in this new franchise. Uh-huh. And so I think it unburdens itself very quickly with, you know, like the submarine and all of that and like the helicopter, you know, in the first sequence and then sort of building these characters up, showing them on the mainland, having your kind of like... Dotson, we've got Dotson here kind of scenes early on. And then just like leaning into like camp, corporate, like crazy, you know, people who have no idea what they're doing and like a sort of like good looking, maybe British guy like turning on you by the end. Right. Rafe's ball. It's essentially the same movie as Lost World. You right. have the good-looking, maybe British guy. You have, like, John Hammond in it for 30 seconds while Richard Attenborough's, like, barely alive. And this one, it's Cromwell and Rafe's ball. And you got your. You have the Great White Hunter. Yeah. Played yeah. by <laughs> your favorite Ted Levine. I hope Ted Would Levine it, bought something nice with the check from this movie, because that is a shitty part. See, it's it's so funny because he like doesn't buy in that much. Nope. I thought he could have done like if you want him to do the um, Peter Postel wave, you have to like do that. You can't just like let it lie there. Do you remember the rant that Pete Postelwaite gets in the Jeep? Where he's like, I've been on too many safaris with too many rich dentists. Listen to anyone of your suicidal ideas, okay? Delvey <laughs> <laughs> never gets anything close to that like sixty second. I want to hunt a buck tyrannosaur and a buck tyrannosaur only monologue. The other thing, too, that I thought was great was that it has Jeff Goldblum in it with no part. Right. Jeff Goldblum does not contribute to the narrative of this movie at all, more than him, like, in a Senate hearing, just, like, saying big words that are more or less his speech from the uh, lunch sequence in the original Jurassic Park. Right. So, for me, I know what you're saying. And it was my highest hope for this movie, too, because, you know, Jurassic World was um, a film that I really didn't like, but also a philosophy on blockbuster filmmaking that I detested even more than perhaps what wound up on screen. So my greatest hope for this movie was just like, yes, maybe it can unburden itself of expectation by just being silly, maybe leaning into a little more of the horror with J.A. Bayona directed this. He's probably best known for that uh, movie, The Orphanage. He also did A Monster Call. And he actually does have some nice directorial moments, especially with lighting in this movie. Oh, yeah. He lights the dinosaurs um, during tense nighttime sequences is sometimes really interesting, especially that opening sequence, right? Where you see the thing floating above the submarine. Um, So, yeah, I, I had the same hope. But but the movie is built on rotten ground. Oh, definitely. Because you're coming back and you're like... (laughs) You're building it on Isla Nublar. (laughs) There's an active volcano of shit underneath this movie. (laughs) Right, it's it's leaking onto the frame. (laughs) The franchise having not dealt with the fact that after five hours of screen time, I do not... Who is Claire? Like, who is that character? I've spent five hours with her, and I don't know if she's a a soulless corporate hack or, like, a struggling feminist or a congressional lobbyist, someone who's grossed out by dinosaurs, someone who's an expert in dinosaurs. Who is that? Like, and it's, it's that lack of character writing that, like, 
is bad here yet again. And then, well, same thing with like Chris Pratt and Owen Grady. It's like, hey, the acting direction we're going to give you here is, you know, if like Harrison Ford were cast in this part, well, do that essentially. Pratt's lack of charisma on screen is such a mystery to me because like, yeah, they're being like, Ford is a nice compliment. They're kind of being like, he's trying to do something that's between like Humphrey Bogart and Dennis Quaid, where it's just like, be sort of like Humphrey Bogart on the African queen, but you know, like, like a linebacker and like, you like to right. spend time outside. <laughs> um, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe he's just too smart to be playing like such a calculated like male stereotype, but he j- again does not <laughs> jump off the screen for me. That's the thing. Like the, I feel like the plots of these movies are like somewhat interesting. If you just had built like more interesting characters, like at the foreground, like the, the character of like the weird nanny that the girl has is like right. far more drawn than like the two leading people. Right. And that's like, a, that's a mistake of the script. Yeah. Henry Wu has a conflict splitting his soul apart. That Which Claire he only d- delivers in one line <laughs> in the whole no fucking d- movie. Um, Henry Wu, for the, for the uninitiated, is uh, B.D. Wong, who designed the Raptors, designed the dinosaurs in the very first movie, and was in Jurassic World 2. Well, now he's returned, working in... Cause, but he wasn't in any of the other movies. Not two or three. He was just in the original Jurassic Park and then in Jurassic World. Right, right. right. Such a weird thread to bring up, considering it like it doesn't seem like he really wants to participate. No. Like he was only in one scene of this one and like two scenes of the last one. This movie has some similar problems to uh, you know, it's an affliction that beleaguers a lot of blockbusters today, is which that they're self-aware in a sense of what they are, but they can't do anything about it. Like that's what right. this when I think about the the Rave Spall, the uh, Miles, like the CFO for Tall Hammond, who's just like, sorry, Tall <laughs> Hammond, what I've decided to do is sell the dinosaurs for $110 million to arms dealers. <laughs> um, right, to then make more dinosaurs that are just arms. His, exactly. And his big villain speech is kind of like, you guys, you can't, you did Pandora's box and you can't get mad at me because I am like dumping out Pandora's box, even though you already opened it. This movie knows that these characters should be conflicted about what they've done in the same kind of playing God that's occurred over five films now, but it doesn't, it can't make any brave choices based on that because all we're setting up for is Jurassic Park 6 and fucking romance, this romancing the stone couple rides one more time. (laughs) Oh yeah, they will. I mean, it's not like Bryce Dallas Howard has anything else going on. Nope. Uh, I mean, Chris Pratt's got to fit it in with uh, whatever, the Guardians of the Galaxy 5. Right, right. Avengers Infinity movie. So what do we think about the, the Indoraptor, the unholy creation? Oh, it's sick. Well, well isn't that kind of the thing? They've ha- they it's ha- bulbous. They have to make- <laughs> exactly. They have to make a dinosaur that is ugly enough for you to be like, well, that's not a naturally occurring, unnaturally occurring dinosaur. This thing needs to die. You're right. And they're not like it. the cute dinosaurs that look almost exactly the same. Right. That, that's the my big problem with this movie is that like how corny the moments when the movie's like, 
aren't the dinosaurs beautiful in their own way? Right. And it's like, no, well, these are monsters <laughs> that you literally created to make a horror movie. It's like saying like, oh, isn't Jason kind of handsome in a roguish sort of way? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> isn't Freddy Krueger kind of like virile looking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, no, these are the monsters. Like in the original Jurassic Park, it's like the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex is scary, but like the raptors are evil. Right. But now the raptors are good and like the raptor has its own raptor moment with the big unholy thing. Right. Much like T-Rex had with Indoramus Rex in the last movie. Stepping back from how stupid that is, um, the set pieces are like so good. And like the sequences themselves are... Spielbergian in quality, I would say. The, the the rotting ground, yes, like we're running through this movie with like the 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 the, uh, the magma shooting at us and the rocks and the right. lava bombs, you know, or whatever it is from Dante's Peak. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like you're always running from logic in this movie, and I think at the end, like I was entertained the way a summer blockbuster should entertain one for the duration of this movie until maybe like the last five minutes where it was like, "Womp, just play the fucking Jurassic Park theme song and let's get the hell out of here. It's definitely the best directed Jurassic Park movie that's not a Spielberg one. It's much better than Joe Johnston and it's better than Colin Trevorrow too. Um, Trevorrow. You always pronounce people's names so interestingly. You should read the recent Uproxx interview where he says, everybody says my name wrong. It rhymes with tomorrow. It's Trevorrow. You should read that, sir. Remember when he made that weird movie about that little kid exposing that, uh, like, incest circle or something? Book of Dr. Henry Wu? (laughs) The Book of Wu? Yeah. Um, Uh, The Brief and Wondrous Life of uh, Dr. Wu. (laughs) (laughs) Um... That'll be the next one. Yes, where the sea, the uh, the set piece where the geosphere goes in the water, and you get the full revolutions of Owen swimming down to them, and you're like, are, is is the is the sea monster going to come up? Is the tyrannosaur going to come down? That is beautiful. And also, the one of the few times in this movie where I was like, yes, that is like you had an idea, is when they juxtapose the pachycephalosaur ramming through the wall with the auctioneer's gavel. Yes. That was really smart. Um, and like builds tension in like an interesting way. Spielbergian. It is Spielbergian. You're right. Okay, so here's how we rate movies on this show, and then we're going to get to ratings and spoilers. There is no ambiguity on Be Real. All movies can and will be classified by one of our four ratings Good, Good, Bad, Bad, Good, Bad, and Bad, Good. The first good or bad refers to sheer artistry. The second is pure entertainment. Good Good is easy to explain. It's a movie that engages your inner art critic and brings you some form of happiness. For both reasons, you want to watch that movie again. Think Shawshank Redemption or Jurassic Park. (laughs) Or more recently, Get Out and Lady Bird. That we know of yet. Good Good movies make Noah hyperbolically say, That was the best movie I've ever seen. Bad Bad is easy, too. Movies that bring you neither stimulation nor joy. Basically, you just spent two hours wishing you could watch something else. Think of any musician-turned-actor who gave it a go in a Nicholas Sparks adaptation. I'll pass. Or many Nicholas Cage movie where he plays a wizard or a warrior. You are going to be a force for good and a very important sorcerer. Bad Bad movies make Chance say... 
I hate so much that you made me watch that. Now, good, bad movies. Those we recognize as worthwhile in a cinematic sense, but don't necessarily enjoy. Think Schindler's List, Requiem for a Dream, or awards bait that hinges on a historical figure delivering an impassioned speech. I have given you my soul. Leave me my name! These kinds of movies make Noah say, But it was so boring. And then I remind him that at least Leo finally got his Oscar for crawling through all that mud. Conversely, bad good movies feed your thoughtless inner child. They're anything from flawed but charming Nancy Myers outings. I'm miraculously done being in love with you! To late career missteps like Al Pacino and Danny Collins. They're loud and silly, like Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China, or Stargate. It's all in the reflexes. Bad good movies make me want to watch Tombstone, especially when Noah says, But didn't the Mighty Ducks just give you that warm holiday feeling? Got all that? Now buckle up, because you're about to hear two friends who watch movies for very different reasons talk about their taste like it's God's own truth. The big weird reveal that the movie runs up to at the end, is that <laughs> the reason that we've never heard of James Cromwell's character before is that he, like, basically... Are you watching Westworld? No. Oh, uh, well, it's basically the same thing where, like, Anthony Hopkins and this guy, um, played by... Jeffrey uh, Wright? Jeffrey Wright, like, had a falling out, and that's why they, like, broke off. So a similar thing happened in the Jurassic Park universe... But the thing that happened, like, wasn't John Hammond creating the dinosaurs. It was James Cromwell cloning his dead daughter with the with the dinosaur stuff. To make himself a happy-go-lucky granddaughter who runs around the house and loves dinosaurs. And then the movie's like, it's cloning. They've been cloning people. Right. Like, this organization's super fucked up. Like, he can't be trusted. He's not the, like, the kind old man. And then there's this, like, weird scene where she's like, don't kill the dinosaur. He's just like me. Right. You know, when the, the, they're all going to die from gas, from whatever. And she's like, I couldn't let them die. They're like me. And it's like, what do you, you're, you're like a dinosaur clone person. And then the movie's like, fuck that. And then it just moves on. Yeah, they kind of look at her because, you know, Owen and Claire are ready to let the dinosaurs die, which they should let them die. Let the series die. That thing with the girl is such a wild, bizarre swing that, like, raises such a massive philosophical question that it's not remotely prepared to answer. Like, yeah, you're, like, already two hours in. You're, like, you're just bringing human cloning into this now? Right. You're going you're gonna to sit here and ask me if I think, like, the life of a cloned human is equal to the life of a cloned dinosaur? Well, no. <laughs> I, I disagree. The answer is still no. I think we kill all the dinosaurs. I don't think we kill that little girl. I think we don't make any more clones, but, like, this is <laughs> I think that'd be the last little girl, <laughs> but I don't think we'd kill her. No. I think you kill the monsters. I don't think it was necessary. As much as I liked the first one, as much as I like this one, this is these are so unnecessary, these fucking movies. Right. And to like contextualize them in the like Twitter world is so stupid. And I'll tell you the big problem with the movie is uh, uh didn't require any discipline to attain it. Um, <laughs> they <laughs> stood on the shoulders of geniuses. <laughs> stood on the shoulders of Steven Spielberg. Uh and, but even before they knew what they had, they released it <laughs> with a summer release date. 
Just like there's another one of these slated for like July 20th, 2021 with Trevorrow back in the director's chair. Right, really? Yep. Well, it's not like he's going to get a Star Wars movie or something. Doesn't seem like it. (laughs) So I think this is quintessential bad good. I think there's so much entertaining about this movie in such a mindless way. And there's enough like Jurassic Park. You know, I was thinking you made a comment. uh, I think we were talking about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them of like people just like their thing. And I was like watching this movie going like, (laughs) this is my thing. This is what I love. Right. So I think I think I'm going to have to say that this was pretty entertaining, but it's not a good movie. It's a fifth Jurassic Park. Um. I think it, yeah, I'm not that mad at it, but like, I I walked out of this and I was like, I don't ever want to watch this again. Oh, I'd definitely watch it again. So I'm going bad, bad. But not with the same venom, the same Dilophosaur venom with which we argued about Jurassic World. Do you think still think Jurassic World is a good good? Or have we come to a spot where maybe one could say that that's bad good I have no idea well? <laughs> how I came to that assessment of that movie. <laughs> you were, we were pissed at each other is how? I was probably just mad at you because yeah. Jurassic Park's like not as much of your thing as it is my thing. Apparently not. I mean, I adore. I, I'm a pretty big apologist for two, but yeah. Okay, then maybe you are. Maybe we just, you know, we argued and that's fine. Wait, so can we talk about Henry Wu real fast? Yeah, talk. let's woo it up. <laughs> so Henry Wu is like working in Tall Hammond's basement basically. (laughs) And he appears sort of like sallow and just like tortured by like what he's gone through. Cause he's had to design this Indoraptor, which is part Indominus Rex and part Velociraptor. Because again, we're forwarding that fucking, well, they'll use him for the ultimate weapons. Like D'Onofrio wanted to, we'll just point a gun at someone. And instead of shooting them, it will make a dinosaur run at them. (laughs) We already pointed. It'll be the least effective gun ever. (laughs) Already pointing the gun. Um, well, that's the thing, too. Like, they're not very good weapons. They, like, are bested by a couple of humans who are not soldiers and then, like, a child. The Velociraptor is mortally wounded by a sidearm. Right. <laughs> so how good of weapons can they be? Right. Um, it's not like they have bulletproof skin or ugh. something. Anyway. Um, At least it wasn't like someone gets injected with something and they turn into, like, raptor humans or something. I think I'd rather watch that, honestly. That would have been pretty good. It would have been like, uh, what's his name from the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man? Reese Ifans. Oh, the, he plays the lizard? Peter Parker. <laughs> Beautiful, petulant Peter Parker. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, when so- he's turning into that like turtle thing. Excellent Peter Parker. How perfectly precocious of you to show up precisely now. Oh my god. We we gotta review that movie sometime. That's <laughs> It's a shame they didn't make a third one. Right. No, it's not. Um <laughs> What was I saying? So Dr. Wu is like pretty pissed that he's had to do this, apparently. And then Miles is like, well, we're ready to fucking unleash this thing and he's like it needs a mother that's the whole reason we had blue and you're like is henry Wu gonna like save them at a critical moment because like they've taken this they've crossed this like genetic threshold but like no he's still perfectly comfortable with their 
the paleontologist veterinarian woman being handcuffed to the cage. Yeah. What he's is just going a, on with him? He's a geneticist for hire, man. Apparently. He has no loyalty whatsoever. Um, but you could tell it from the first time you met him, uh, you know, with the eggs in Jurassic Park. I thought he seemed pretty docile and nice then, but... I mean, clearly Hammond hired the worst people he could find. <laughs> Newman? That's, yeah. I mean, like, Samuel L. Jackson, like, he knows what he's doing fine, but he's certainly not good in pressure situations. And your your head gameskeeper gets, like, murked by his own animals. But what's Wu's next move? Uh, Only 2021 will tell us. Right. I hope it's Human Raptor. I mean, I hope it is too. (laughs) I am in favor of, like, some alien resurrection level shit if this franchise is to continue. <laughs> yeah, like they're in space. They're suddenly in space. Please, bring it on. And like, they've put the consciousness of Henry Wu into like a little robotic fox yeah, or something. Just get me back to like a designer of the dinosaurs who's like kind of like sexually into it and away from these people. <laughs> and away from these people who are like, sell the prototype. Like, you have to give an addict drugs. It's like, God, he's just cold capitalist. Give me somebody who thinks it's the perfect organism. All right. Um, well, my friend. Buddy. <laughs> This has been such a pleasure. As always. Thank you for putting up with me uh, and seeing this movie. Life cannot be contained. Life breaks free. Life finds a way.